audio-only podcasts are dying. It is a slow death, but they are dying. So in 2023, it is imperative that you turn on the camera and start video podcasting. It's not an either or, it's a both type of situation. You're listening to the Buyer Attractor Podcast. I'm your host, Vernita Sherman, and on this show, I share tips on converting your podcast into a revenue-generating asset that attracts qualified buyers. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to BuyerTractor.com. This is episode three of the podcast, and today is all about video podcasting and why you need to have a video podcast like now, okay? It is so important for conversions, and it is so important for more reach and more exposure. Now, and conversions is my main thing because my whole thing is about what's the point of podcasting, what's the point of marketing, what's the point of doing anything when it comes to your business if you're not converting people into buyers, right? So when it comes to video podcasts, well, let, let me take a step back and talk about video, period. Video has, has always been a very powerful conversion strategy when it comes to using it in marketing. Way back in the day, when I, back in 2008, 2009, I started video marketing. And back then, there was this tool called Traffic Geyser. We create the videos, and it would just be blasted to all these video directories. So it wasn't just YouTube. Of course, YouTube always been the, the big guy. But then you had uh, Vimeo, Vidler, um, Metacafe, and so many others that were out there. And this is prior to Vimeo being what it is today. Um, you know, it's, it's a competitor to Wistia and YouTube when it comes to hosting your videos. Back then, it wasn't. It was just a place where, a free place to um, host videos. And many people used it as a directory, basically, for their video blasting um, back when we were doing video um, marketing. And I noticed early on back then that with all the other marketing strategies I was using, and again, this is prior to podcasting, that it was the most effective way of converting, or I should say not the most effective, the quickest it was effective and quick. It was the quickest way to convert someone from someone who's just finding out who you are to actually wanting to work with you. Video always has been that way. And nothing has changed. It's just, it's just gotten even better. It's easier to create than it used to be. And there's so many options that are out there. And man, the quality has gotten better. And so my thing is, right now, especially within the last year and a half, I would say in 2021 is when it became something that's very important for podcasting. 2022 is when it became even more important. 2023, you got to have a video podcast or you're going you're gonna to be left in the dust because everybody else is moving on. All right. So audio is always going to be important because there's going to be people who are not in a place where they can watch a video. I mean, it's plain and simple. Yes, audio is always going to be important, but why limit yourself to one form of getting yourself out there 
when you have another form that's very powerful, not just because it is easier for people to really get to know you because they can see you and that know, like, and trust factor increases because a person can see you, but also it's a way in which you can repurpose your content easier. I mean, you take a video, you already have the audio, you already, I mean, you can do so many things with it. You can turn it into clips. You can do transcripts. You can do all kind of stuff. You're knocking out so many birds with one stone with a video. And podcasters are seeing this. Other people are seeing that as well. And so now we have podcasting services that have allowed for you to be able to create a video feed. Unfortunately, there's not many of them. It's interesting because I actually contacted Buzzsprout's customer service and a couple other podcast um, hosting uh, sites. And I asked them, did they allow for video uh, RSS feeds? Not just the audio, of course, but video. And the reason why I contacted them is because I know that how popular they are. People love Buzzsprout and all of that. I don't use Buzzsprout, but I know a lot of people do. So I contacted them to see if they allowed for um, video feed or created video feeds for people. And the answer that they gave me was this long answer about how you can use YouTube as um, a place to host your video podcast and all these things. And I was like, yeah, no, you can use YouTube, but that's not a podcast. It's just a place to host videos because there's no RSS feed that can be syndicated. So it's not a podcast. If you want to be in places like Apple Podcasts, when it comes to your video, a lot of people don't know this, but you can have not only your audio um, podcast in there, but a video podcast. So a video version of the same episode in Apple Podcasts through a video feed. How do you do that? Well, you need a video feed. And if Buzzsprout and some of these others don't allow for you to have a video feed, then they're limiting you to just audio only. And that whole YouTube thing, (laughs) <laughs> Let me. this is a trip. First and foremost, just because you create a video or audio and call it a podcast, that doesn't make it a podcast. A podcast is audio that is syndicated somewhere. You're able to take the feed and send it out to multiple places. And those multiple places can fetch from that feed from wherever you're housing that feed and automatically get your next episode, right? You only do it one time. So when you submit to a podcast directory one time, all they have to do is just continuously, there's, you know, the automated system, their bot, just continuously grab from the feed whatever your next episode is, wherever you're hosting it. And so people who are podcasting, quote unquote podcasting on YouTube and then on Facebook too, that is not a podcast because many of those people, that's all, that's the only place you can find them. It's like they're calling their podcast a podcast, but there's no RSS feed that's syndicated anywhere. So the only place a person can view their podcast or listen to their podcast is on YouTube. That is not a podcast. That is a YouTube video. <laughs> oh, Facebook, same thing. That's not a podcast. That is a Facebook video. I don't care if you're live streaming. It's the same thing. If you get, you know, StreamYard, Restream, or Zencaster, or whatever you have out there, 
and you're live streaming to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, or wherever, those are just videos. That's not a podcast. It's not a podcast until you take that video, upload it to wherever you're hosting, and allow for it to be a part of the feed, the RSS feed, video and audio, or just audio, and that is syndicated. That is when it's a podcast. And just so you know, you can't put a video inside of the RSS feed for that's made for audio, and you can't put the audio inside of an RSS feed that's made for video. You have to have two separate RSS feeds, one specifically for audio and one specifically for video. And again, many, or I should say most, hosting companies, most podcast hosting services out there, they don't allow for that. They don't. It's unfortunate, but they don't. The two that I know for sure that do are Blueberry and Lipson. Okay, again, Blueberry and Lipson. They will allow for you to create a video feed so that you have a separate video uh, podcast for your audio podcast. The same thing, but two separate feeds that can be syndicated and that can go to the directories, right? Now, let me, let me um, rewind and go back for a quick second because I, I said that you cannot have the audio inside of a video feed and the video inside of an audio feed. You technically can, but it will not be accepted by the directories. That's why you don't want to do that, okay? So one of the things that um, is so important for you to understand when it comes to creating your video for your video podcast version of your of the audio podcast is you may want to recheck or think about who you're using to provide you with your podcasting service because if again if it's not blueberry or lipson if you're with buzzsprout or what's that other Captivate, Captivate, because they try to steal Blueberry customers. It's a trip. They get all in the emails of Blueberry customers talking about they're better than Blueberry. That in itself turned me off. But anyway, um, services like that, they haven't caught up to the times yet, it, which is, I mean, Buzzsprout is so popular. I'm like, when is Buzzsprout going to offer the, the ability to create a video feed? Even Spotify now is offering podcasters a way to put their videos on Spotify. You have to go through Anchor, but eventually that's going to change. Eventually it's going to be just like with audio. They're going to be connected to various different um, podcasting services like Blueberry and Lipson. And they're going to allow for those customers to be able to submit a video feed. Apple already does it. So it's only a matter of time before the rest of them do. And then it's only a matter of time before the other podcasting services allow it, but it's like, well, how long are they going to wait? Because the way I see it right now, Blueberry and Lipson, they got it going on. They're ahead of their time. They always have been, though. They're like the leaders in the whole podcasting uh, service world for people who want to podcast from home. Okay. So I just want to throw that out there. But I think right now I want to talk to you about live streaming because Again, because you live stream, that does, that's not a podcast. You got to do something with the video afterwards. And so if you're not already a video podcasting, you only have an audio podcast right now, turn on the camera and start doing your thing. 
But I want you to know that you don't have to live stream unless you want to. So let's talk about the people who want to live stream, right? If you want to live stream, keep in mind that the different live streaming services serve different purposes. They're now catering to podcasters, but it's imperative that you understand the difference between being connected through Wi-Fi versus being connected through the Ethernet when it comes to the uh, computer that you have and where, however you got your setup. I'm about to get a little technical. It's not really that technical, but it's, it's really important for you to understand this because Wi-Fi is not always going to be stable. So if you are live streaming via Wi-Fi as opposed to being directly connected to your, your computer being connected to where the modem is in the house, with Wi-Fi, you're going you're gonna to have some hiccups. It may not happen all the time. You may go months and nothing ever happens. And then that one time when you have this important thing that you're saying or whatever, you're going to have some tech issues. It happens. It does happen. Um, when you are connected via Wi-Fi and you're live streaming, there can be more lags. Your, your, your audio can lag. Your video can lag. There can be some pixelation issues just for, you know, it can be kind of spotty and it may not even be a big deal. But I'm just saying, if you're ever wondering why that's happening, it's because Wi-Fi is not reliable like that. And the same thing can happen when you are connected as well, because the Internet itself is not going to be reliable when it comes to you. I don't care what you're paying for. You can have the highest level service, Internet service and be in the best location and all of that. It's not always going to be 100% doing this thing. It's just, it's just not. And then also, depending on what service you use, like sometimes, like for an example, Restream. There's people who use Restream and they're talking, they're going, they're doing a live stream, blah, blah, blah. And it cut out on them and they didn't even realize it. And they were going on, 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 on. And nothing happened. Like nobody saw this stream because the stream cut off. And so they had to do it again. I know people who have done it two, three, four times over and over again because it cut off, right? StreamYard can do the same thing, but I have not seen StreamYard be that messy like that. Um, and I'm not saying, now, Restream is good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying that all of them do it. But in the testing that I've been doing, Restream had a tendency to do more of that compared to StreamYard. StreamYard didn't mess up on me at all, actually. However, there's some other issues I have with StreamYard when it comes to the video not being the way I needed it to be. Whereas with StreamYard or Restream, the video was fine. It's just, I don't know, it just cut off, you know. But the audio with Restream was not as good as StreamYard. The quality was good as far as you listening, but there was some lagging time and also some drops. Like a, a whole word would drop. And it, it's, that's what happens when you're dealing with dealing with something going through Wi-Fi, even just internet-based, period. That's why when I do my podcast, I am not like literally right now, I'm using a desktop, an app-based uh, software where I don't have to deal with internet issues. I'll talk about that in a second. But when it comes to live streaming, you have to pick your service based off of what you really want to do because they all pretty much work the same okay you got to determine which services you want to stream to does the service that you're using stream there 
or not. Just because Restream streams to more services and StreamYard doesn't mean that it's better because a lot of those services, you're not there. A lot of those places, those platforms, you're not there. So what difference does it make? You really got to pay attention to the audio quality, the video quality, and not just what you see in here, but also the bit rate that's there. going to talk about that in a minute. Let's get back to the connection. When you're live streaming, it is best to make sure that you are live streaming on the computer that's connected to the modem, okay? The further away you get from the modem, the more hiccups. That is important for you to understand, number one. And actually, it's the router, not the modem, the router, the further away you get from that. Number two, when it comes to the service, you have StreamYard, you have Restream, there's Zencaster, there's Squadcast, there's, there's so many others that are out there. I've tested numerous ones. And what I decided to do was, okay, I said, I, let me think about this for a second. I've never had a problem with Zoom. <laughs> I ain't never had a problem with Zoom dropping on me, going crazy, like, okay, I'm sitting here talking, talking, talking. Oh, wait a minute. The feed is not there. I've never had that issue before with Zoom. However, Zoom's audio and video quality is not good compared to StreamYard and Restream, Zencaster, and all the rest of right? So I thought to myself, well, what is the best way to get the reliability of Zoom, but get the video and audio quality of a desktop app when it comes to live streaming? What? How, you, how do you do that? So that's what got me. I started testing different ones and different things. And I'm going to tell you right now, I highly recommend to you that whichever service you use, you use a service that allows for local recording. Okay, local recording. Look for that. Interestingly enough, StreamYard just, I think it was in November. Yeah. Or was it December? It was either late November or, or early December this past, late November, early December. They allowed for local recording. I was like, what? Now, when I saw that, I said, oh, I got to test it. Because I had already tested out StreamYard and I didn't like the bit rate. I thought it was too low when it came to audio compared to Restream. Restream has a higher bit rate when it comes to audio. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because if you want to use it as is, that's fine. But if you want to um, add stuff to your video later or cut up the video, do different things to the video in post-production, you want a higher bit rate so that the quality will be there when you are reprocessing it and it goes down. You want the, you still want the quality to be at least 128 kbps. I know, I know. I'm okay. I'm getting a little technical, but there. I know you may be somebody who know what I'm talking about. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's important for you to understand that your video, your not your video. Excuse me. Your audio bit rate needs to be a minimum of 128 kbps when it comes to podcasting, and you submitting it to direct to the directories. That's the minimum. Restream gives you higher than the minimum, which is good because when you reprocess it, you still are above or at the 128. StreamYard, on the other hand, gives you exactly 128. So if you do something with the video later, reprocess it, you're not going to be at 128. You're going to be lower than that. That's so I didn't. That's I, that's why I didn't like it. However, they offered local recording, and I said, "Oh, so why is local recording important?" Because you won't have the same issues that I was talking about with the whole Wi-Fi thing and the internet connection. 
It doesn't matter at that point whether you're using Wi-Fi or you're connected to the modem or whatever, whatever internet service you have. The fact that it's recording locally, you're going to have a, a audio quality and video quality that's going to be as perfect as it can possibly be when it comes to using an internet-based application. And so you won't have the lagging and the various different hiccups that can happen when you are connected to the internet and doing some type of live stream. So local recording is, oh my goodness, so important. Even if you're not live streaming and you're, you're, you're using an internet-based app for podcasting, local recording. I'm telling you, look for the one that has local recording. Now, when I tested StreamYard with the local recording, that that was disappointing because their bit rate for the video audio was low. And I'm like, that didn't make any sense. So I'm not going to get all with the technical stuff right here. I know you don't want to hear all that. The point I'm making is I want you to, to be mindful of when you want to get the highest quality and reliability when it comes to live streaming. Look for a live streaming service that does local recording and also test them out to see if the bit rate for the audio is higher than 128 kbps so that you can repurpose your stuff and do things with it or at least a minimum of 128. Some of them, some of them, their minimum on the video or the maximum, not minimum, the maximum was 70 kbps. That is way too low. So some of these other services that are supposedly to be better than Restream and StreamYard, they're at 70 kbps for audio. And I'm like, you're not even at the minimum 128. And this is a video? Are you kidding me? The great thing about it is they allow for you to download a WAV file that was very high with their kbps, their bit rate. It was extremely high. So then you're going to come into a situation where you're going to need a separate video, I mean, or uh, the video and separate audio. And that is what I found is the best way to go. So after all of what I just said, when it comes to a live streaming service, get one that offers local recording, number one, and number two, one where you can download a master audio file, which will normally be in WAV format that has a high bit rate so that if the video audio is too low, if it's under 128, you at least will have the audio that will be like 500 or 750. I forgot what the, um, what most of them was, but it was, it was a high number in the hundreds of uh, the, the bit rate just for that WAV file so that when it comes to the person who you have that's going to turn it into a podcast or whoever you have editing things, they can cut out or strip that low quality audio from the video and put the high quality audio with the video. They can line it up. Okay. It's, this is so important because this is how you make your live streams when, it, when you turn it into a podcast, higher quality. That's how you do that. All right. So. It doesn't matter which one you use. I'm not going to get into, I tested so many of them. I was not impressed with any of them. I'm going to tell you right now, if I were just to use an, an internet-based um, application for my podcast 
and I wasn't live streaming, I wouldn't choose any of them. I just would not because desktop is better. I don't have no hiccups. I don't have to deal with all this. It's just so much better, something that is desktop-based if you're not live streaming. But if you're live streaming, look for those two things that I told you to look for. It is so important that you do that if you want the highest quality. Now, uh, equipment. When it comes to your video podcast and you are not using those services that I just mentioned for live stream, you are just, you're not live streaming at all and you're not interviewing. We already talked about doing more solo episodes. I recommend, again, that you use a desktop-based application. Now, Mac users have a lot of, um, they have a lot more choices as it relates to that. When it comes to PC users, I'm a PC person. I'm telling y'all right now. I had a Mac and I, and I sold it. Many years ago, I sold it on uh, Craigslist. I was like, I don't want this thing to each their own, right? I'm a PC user because I like that I have more flexibility with uh, various different software that I have been using for years. I like it. And I think the PC versions of the software is better, um, even though Mac software is very good, but whatever. So for those of you who are PC users or Mac, it is important that you use a desktop-based application so you don't have to deal with the hiccups, the lag, and all these things when it comes to recording your videos for your video podcast. I personally love to use Movavi, which is a video editor. Most people will be, anybody who knows what Movavi is, is like, why is she talking about a video editor to record video podcasts? Because it's reliable, number one. Number two, it gave me the best video quality. And I've tested so many things that ain't even funny. Remember, I have a PC now. Some of y'all Mac users are probably like, oh, no, you're Ecamm, blah, 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 blah. I don't have a Mac, all right? So Movavi gave me the best quality and it was the easiest when it comes to desktop applications, all right? So check out Movavi uh, for those of you who have a PC and you want to start recording your videos without using something that's internet-based because you want something that's not going to lag. You want your video to, you know, you move around and all of that. It captures you moving around without blurring and, and all these other things, all right? That's that. That's the software. Now, when it comes to the actual camera, you do not need to be spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on one of those DSLR or mirror cameras and all that kind of stuff. Of course, if you want to do that, do that. I'm not doing that. And it ain't even about the money. It's about I'm not spending time trying to figure out what this button does, what that button does and all that. I don't have time for all that, at least not right now. And so I have a very simple setup. I have a Logitech C920. Yeah. What is it? $50? I think I spent $60 on it, whatever. You know, the latest generation of it. There's the older generation because it's been out for over a decade. But I'm talking about the later, the later generation. I think it's been over a decade. It's been a minute since C920 been out. But get yourself a C920 if you don't already have one. What you don't want to do is use your laptop or your desktop uh, computer's built-in camera. It's not going to be as good. It just isn't. But use a webcam. Something simple. No big deal. Yep. Very inexpensive, 
very easy. That's the, that's the real thing. Easy. It's not even about the You want something easy, right? Plug it in, USB port, boom. Got something easy. And then when it comes to um, your background, y'all with these virtual backgrounds, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all the people that keep disappearing. I see their heads disappear. I see arms and hands and fingers disappear. Just stop with the green screen already. It lets you, no, just forget the green screen, please. I mean, virtual background, not green screen, although people mess that up too, but virtual background. If you don't know what you're doing with that, just leave it alone and just put a background up like this. There's a wall behind me that got some stuff on it. That's it. I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, just make it plain and simple because you don't want everybody to be looking behind you. One thing I don't do is you'll never see books. Unless those books have something to do with me, you're not going to see a library of books behind me because what I catch myself doing when I see people with books, I'm looking, I'm looking like, oh, oh, I read that book. Oh, hmm. okay. You can kind of get, you can tell a lot from a person what kind of books they read. Sometimes it's like, oh, okay, they're into that. Okay. I find myself trying to look to see what the title of the book is. I don't even know why I do that. I just, it just auto, I automatically do that. But so don't get a background that's so distracting for people. When I used to have a, um, a picture, uh, it's a painting that had all of these civil rights leaders and different people on it. And it was a, it was a beautiful painting and it always was an attention. Grab. It was like a people if I get on a call with somebody, they're looking at it. It's like, oh, is that Malcolm X? Is that this? Is that that? Which is cool. But when you are podcasting, you don't want people looking at your background. You want people to pay attention to you. Right. So keep it simple. Don't be disappearing and all of that. That that looks horrible. It looks terrible. And please just let the green screen go. And I don't know why I keep saying green screen when I'm really mean virtual background. Maybe somebody needs to hear about the green screen too. If you have an open background, you can go to Amazon and get yourself um, some cardboard. It's not cardboard. But I'm calling it cardboard. A board or a, a something in the back that looks like something. And people don't even know that it's not really your background. It's just better to have that than that. I'm, I'm about to say green screen again. It's better to have that than green screen or virtual backgrounds because people just don't do it right, you know? And it's just, it looks so bad. It looks so bad. I find myself paying attention to arms and fingers disappearing more than whatever the person is saying. So just be careful with that. Oh, I forgot to talk about lighting. So look, I'm not a photographer. I'm not a videographer. Video, videographer, videographer. Yeah, I'm not one of them. So I just keep it simple. I got some softbox lights I got from Amazon. None of the expensive stuff, something inexpensive because I'm not into all of that. So I don't need a whole bunch of buttons and I don't need a whole bunch of stuff like remotes and all that other kind of stuff. Just keep it simple. And yeah, I know y'all can see the reflection in my glasses sometimes when I go like this. I don't care. Why? Because it's not a big deal. Things like that are not a big deal to me. You know, as long as it looks decent, it looks clean. My background is clean. My video is clean. It's not pixelated. It's not distorted. It's not any of that. You can see the reflection in my glasses sometimes. Okay. It's not a big deal. My complexion is not all crazy. Yeah, I mean, you can get the kind with the colors and make it more soft and 
warm and all that other kind of stuff. I, I look, do I look halfway decent? Okay, good. All right. You don't, I'm not picky about that kind of stuff. You don't need to be picky about it either because it's not a big deal, but you do want to look decent, you know, and, and that's what I, I look decent. My quality is fine. Is it the best, absolute best quality that you can possibly get? No, but it definitely not the worst. It's decent, right? All right. So don't be out there trying to think that it's going to cost to, oh, I don't want to do video. I have to get this this particular type of camera and I don't know about the lights. I don't know about this and that. Just keep it simple. And something that I do that I see a lot of people who do video podcasting do not do is I always wear a headset. Now, I got these, these um, the kind you put in your ears to keep it simple. Now, I got Big Juicy over here, too. Let me show you. I got Big Juicy over here. I just don't want to use. I don't want to use this one. I also have another one. I don't want to use this. And I also have some other type that goes in your ears as well. That goes around your ears. I have small ears, so that it doesn't really stay on that well. So I just use these, you know, from my, my iPhone and just stick the thing up in here. And yeah, you want to use wired headphones or earbuds. Wired. 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 Why? For the same reason that I was talking about when it comes to uh, Wi-Fi versus being connected directly to the Ethernet and all of that. Hiccups. You know, there's things that can happen, things that can drop. You, you want to always be connected. All right. Um, and why even use head, headsets or, or headphones? For what? Well, I can hear myself. You can't hear yourself when you don't use these. For vanity reasons, I know people don't want to wear them. It looks better when you don't have it or whatever. But you, you're podcasting. And so your audio quality is more important than the video. If you have decent video like this, cool. Your audio is, is so much more important. So you want to make sure that you can hear yourself. And for me, I can stay in the zone, right? So also there's less reverb when you are using a headset. And you may say, or some other folks may say, that, oh, well, that's why there's echo cancellation and all these other things. Remember, I said that I am not using an internet-based thing. I'm using something that is on my desktop. I'm using an application that's, that's desktop-based. And so the whole echo cancellation, all that kind of stuff for this particular program does not exist. Even if it did, I still would wear hit, uh, headphones. I just, I, I can be in my zone, like I said, you know what I mean? I'm in the zone. And it just allows for me to monitor things better when I can hear myself. All right. So that's it. I mean, it's really simple. Get yourself. I, I mean, please, it doesn't take much to flip on that camera, do what you got to do. You know, you may be feeling like, OK, well, now I got to get myself together and look a certain way. What Hey, do what you got to do. But I'm just saying it is so important in 2023 that you start video podcasting if you not, if you are not yet. And if you are and you have a YouTube channel and you're calling that a podcast, no, that's not a podcast. If you're live streaming on Facebook and you're calling that a podcast, no, that's not a podcast. Remember, a podcast is syndicated audio. It's syndicated audio. So you need a feed to syndicate. YouTube and Facebook don't give you that feed to syndicate. So you need to have podcasting service that allows for you to create the video feed so that you can syndicate, all right? So when it comes to attracting qualified buyers, is it just as simple as doing solo episodes like, like I said back in episode one 
and then making sure that you have this video camera on and now you can just talk and people see you and now they're going to want to buy from you? No, <laughs> it's, it's not just that. Those are bare minimum things. That's stuff that you need to start doing. But there's a whole process to all of this. It is a process. And it's, a, it's so many different things that need to be put in place so that you're able to get in front of the right people and able to do the things that need to be done in order to have more conversions when it comes to listeners co- converting into buyers. All right. So if you want to know what those things are, you want to have a conversation, you need someone to guide you through that process. Come see me at buyerattractor.com and let's have a conversation about this. Let me go into your situation and dive deep into it to help you navigate all the process and what needs to happen based off of your specific needs, based off of what you want to accomplish and based off of what you have right now. All right. Buyerattractor.com. I'll see you when you get there. Thank you for listening to the Buyer Attractor podcast. When you're ready for guidance on leveraging your podcast to attract more qualified buyers, I'm here for you at buyerattractor.com.